Welcome to the Tax Girl Podcast, your home for tax news, tax info, and tax policy. In each episode, I'll share conversations about taxes, money, and the choices that we make. I'm your host, Kelly phillips for Tax Girl. I'm a practicing tax attorney, and I work with taxpayers like you every day. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. In June, I wrote a story referencing a bad tax take on TikTok. I won't share the specifics since I don't want it to get any more clicks for promoting bad information, but let's just say that it was a case of tax advice going viral for all the wrong reasons. Shortly after, I received a message from Duke Moore who wrote, TikTok generally gets a bad rep for misinformation, but I, on the other hand, use the platform to educate others about taxes in a concise and entertaining manner. So I asked Duke to come on to the show and talk about using social media in a positive way. Duke is an enrolled agent in Dallas, Texas, who shares his passion for helping others navigate their taxes on TikTok. His audience is 2.7 million and growing. So Duke, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited. Oh, I'm super excited to hear because I want to know why TikTok, because I'm going to go ahead and say I'm on TikTok, but mostly because my kids have friends who dance on it. Like I don't, (laughs) I, outside of a couple of accounts, I usually use it for entertainment, whereas I use like Twitter to get news. So why, why TikTok? I want to know. Yeah. So I love that you, you mentioned the educating and entertaining part because I believe there's two purposes for TikToks that you can actually use it for. And that's one is educating and another one is entertaining, which is neat about TikTok because TikTok has such a, a massive growing audience. It has, you know, with over 2 billion downloads and 800 million active users, TikTok is by far one of the easiest ways to reach a huge audience very, very quickly. I mean, videos go viral just like that. It create exposure for your business and whatever else you're trying to promoting. So TikTok is, it's a huge platform. It's massive. Sure. But what about that drew you? I mean, clearly you, you know this stuff, but I think other people might not know like how big it is, how fast it is. What made you think like, this is where I want to be? Was it an accident? Was it like thoughtful? Cause I'm, I will say, for example, for Twitter, mm-hmm. join Twitter early to promote my writing to meet other professionals. Actually, it was it was funny because I when I joined Twitter, I was mostly thinking it was a cool way for me to meet up with other people in Philly. Like I actually wasn't thinking global. But you know, we're in a different place now in social media. So you had lots to choose from and and you chose TikTok. And obviously, you know, you you mentioned that it's growing by leaps and bounds. Was this something that was like a thoughtful process or did you get on it and think, hey, this this is going somewhere? Like how did that happen? Oh yeah. So TikTok it was actually an accident for me how I uh, stumbled upon it because before TikTok, I was making like these animated memes with my faces, just giving out tax advice. I would post it to my Facebook story. Other tax professionals would comment like, haha, that's that's so funny. That's so cool. It was just like really memes that I used to post. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is the platform that I used to make the memes, it actually stopped. And then like, I'm like, dude, like, how am I supposed to come up with content now? I was freaking out. And then like, a buddy of mine really introduced me to TikTok. So I was already on TikTok before, way back in like, really like, I want to say 2018. I was okay. really more of a uh, consumer. Like I was just on there, just watching videos. Never really thought about posting videos myself till I heard how it grew someone else's business. They're like, hey man, I just go on TikTok. I talk about, you know, what I know. 
And then people want to work with me. So it's another way to like really grow your business. Mm -hmm. And that's how I found out about it. How I really like stuck to it is because it's a lot more engagement. Like I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram too. But the engagement on TikTok is just blowing these other platforms out the way. The amount of people that comment, the amount of people that actually follow, the amount of people that want to actually work with you. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind. It, it, it's helped other businesses and minds as well. Have you noticed any challenges? Like, is it difficult to translate those comments into work? I mean, you mentioned people say they want to work with you. Do they come on and say, you know, you're fantastic? How do I sign up? Like, how does that process work? Yeah. So that's a very good question. So, so I use TikTok as mainly like educating. Like, I make funny videos where I educate, and then they'll click on your page. And so once they click on your page, your video will pop up, maybe it's called a for you page. And let's say they want to actually visit your profile. So in your profile, you could have something in your bio. Like for example, my bio says become a client and there is just a call to action. They can click a link. And from there, they can set up like a consultation. Another thing that I like to do with uh, TikTok is go live. Have you, are you familiar with, you know, with people going live? I do on Facebook and Twitter. Well, you know, with Twitter's new platform, but I do, I'm not familiar with TikToks now. Yeah. So TikToks live is just, you have more people there. So talking to people directly on live is another great way to really get them to, hey, call to action. You're speaking to them right there. Hey, go fill out the link in my bio. Or you're just answering questions. And sometimes you can't answer the question because it requires a consultation. Like someone may ask something in their unique situation where you don't want to discuss it publicly. Mm-hmm. You can just say, hey, hey, let's book a consultation. Let's talk about this privately. And that's just, you know, just another way. I was actually going to ask you about the security and the privacy issues because I have been on the web for a while. And even now, um, even though I say a million times on Facebook and Twitter and on my website, please do not post your information publicly. I still have folks that will go on and put their social security number, their telephone number, oh, no. you know, all this kind of information and say, yeah. I don't have my refund. Help me. How do you deal with that? Do you have something on your page that just says, like, please don't post information? Do you just message people and say you got to take that down? Like, how do you deal with those kinds of challenges? Yeah. So TikTok, there's not an actual way for someone to post on your page or to post pictures. So it's just straight up me posting videos. Mm-hmm. Only thing I can see from somebody else is their actual comments or their words. So people typically do a very good job of not saying like their social security number or their phone numbers in the comments. But it's actually like seeing like pictures. TikTok doesn't allow like other users to upload pictures. It's just straight videos. Or I can only see someone's comment. Gotcha. So when you're thinking up ideas, like, you know, what are you going to do this week? Obviously, I'm sure it has something to do with what's trending, right? So you're right. going to do child tax credit or, or whatever. How many of these do you do a week? And, and how far out do you plan? Or is it spontaneous? How does that process work? Yes, that's a very good question. I love that question. Some of it is spontaneous. It's just like, I'll be brushing my teeth one morning. I'm like, hmm, you know what? Let's do... It'd be really fun to talk about like how to write right off a car for business or something like that. But a lot of other times it really is about what's trending, about what's, what are people asking about or what are people wanting to know about. So a really hot topic right now, like you just said, is the child tax credit. And it's new. And it, like so many people just don't understand it. We as tax professionals, we may understand it. But if you really think about it, this whole advanced payment, monthly payments, this is something that really has never been done before. And it's completely new. And so 
I definitely try to hit that topic as hard as I can right now to make it extremely easy to understand because you have this option of opting out, this option of not opting out. There's people who are going to feel the pain in next year when they go to file their tax returns and maybe they should have opted out and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So right now it's like, I, yeah, I'm really focusing on that because my kind of goal is to, if I can educate as many people as possible about the child tax credit, like the normal people, not like, like tax professionals, like the general public, as many people as possible, I feel like I'm doing like a really good deed right there. Right. And so here's a question related to that, because I yeah. have this issue too. Mm-hmm. So when you have something like child tax credit, where you mentioned, it's not just a quick definition, right? Like there's lots of options there's right. and stuff you need to know. And there's, there's limits. It's tax, right? So there's right. always going to be something that there's a but or an accept or, yes. you know, unless, right? So that's what makes tax fun. But for taxpayers, that nuance really matters. Do you worry about losing some of the nuance when you do the translation? Because this is something that I'll give you an example. I wrote an article recently about working during the summer. And it's meant to be a, here's what you need to know. But of course, there's a lot of exceptions and Mm. and whatnot, because that's tax, right? So I had people writing in and saying like, well, what about this? Or you didn't talk about this. Or here's what else I think you should have said. Sometimes it's tax pros telling me what they think I should have said. Or taxpayers saying, but you know, what if I'm living with my aunt and my uncle? Because it's never, tax is never straightforward. Do you worry about the nuance? And if you do, how do you handle that? Do you do it as a follow-up? Do you reach out to the viewer and say, really, you need a consultation? Like, how do you handle all of the ands, ifs, buts, exceptions that is just normally a part of tax? Yes, I love that question. It's a very good question. A lot of nuances, a lot of things you have to be careful about. Like I said, um, first on a TikTok, it only gives you 60 seconds to say everything mm-hmm. that you had to say. And what I can tell you, though, for sure, is like when people follow up with like all the nuances and things like that, I see it as an opportunity for me to create yet another video. I'm like, okay, you know what? That can happen in a certain situation. Right. Right. So I can always create another video. So it's a great way to have an idea to create further videos. And also, let's say if I'm being corrected, because I have been corrected before, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. By other tax professionals. It's also giving me the opportunity to like learn even more and gain more experience. And then lastly, what I also do is like, hey, in the comments, especially if the video is going crazy, like I believe like the last one of the last child tax credit is like, at three three point seven million views, if it's something like awesome. that, yeah, thank you. I'm like, I'll say like in the comment section, hey, I'm going live at this time. Join mm-hmm. the live, and I'll answer as many questions as possible. So I'm on live, and I'm like, hey guys, thank you for joining the live. The purpose of this live is try to answer as many child tax credit questions as possible. And then they're bam, bam, bam. And then what I'll do is not only am I live on like you know TikTok, I'll be live on sometimes Facebook, not as mm-hmm. much. Don't get that much traction on Facebook, but YouTube and like Instagram. But those live is where I really try to answer as many questions as possible, especially on YouTube. YouTube is a very great platform to do so because during your live, people can actually pay you to ask a question. So someone, maybe you'll have like a hundred people watching and then maybe like $5, someone asks a question and then like your screen will light up and you're able to answer their question or guide them that the only question I can't answer really is like, should I opt out or should I not? But right. it's up to you. I can only give you the facts. I can tell you what Congress, Congress did make it automatic. But as far as me trying to give you like advice, I mean, I would have, that, that's a great time for a consultation. Let's look at your whole tax return situation. Let's see what you got planned going on this year, what happened last year. 
and things like that. But yeah, all the nuances, lives help a lot. And then it also gives me opportunity to create even more content. Right. I love that what you said about corrections, because that's something I'm really sensitive to as right. well. Like nobody knows everything. This is something I talk about on Twitter all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like if your tax pro tells you they know everything, you should run because they don't. You know, nobody can know everything. So I always think it's really valuable actually for other tax professionals to weigh in in a really professional and kind way mm-hmm. and tell you, you know what, this is something you should be thinking about. Cause it's not always corrections, right? Like sometimes right. it's just what ifs. And I think especially other tax pros are really good at bringing those up because they've right. had them. Well, what if the parent lives in Florida and the other parent lives in Canada? And, you know, mm-hmm. like those are things that maybe you haven't thought about. And I love that. So do you have other tax pros like weighing in or commenting or contacting you privately to say things? Yes. Facebook. That's the number one spot. Not, not yeah. Not Facebook any. for me too. And that's why when you said Facebook live, I have done Facebook live and I had a lot of tax professionals yes, on that. It's, yeah. It's Facebook. I use Facebook just to kind of get that feedback, but it's really great. At first, I guess I was kind of like nervous to post at first just to get mm-hmm. all, like, all that feedback, but like, I just accept all that feedback. And to be honest, Kelly, without the other tax professionals on Facebook. And I don't ever think I'd be where I'm at today because they're saying, hey, Duke, you should do it like this. Oh, you should really say it like this. Now it's like when I post a video on Facebook, it's like the comments aren't even there. Sometimes I kind of miss them because I learned so much from them. Right. But now it's like tax professionals like commending me like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. This is great. But like little do they know, like all those comments correcting me in the past is the only reason how I'm at today. And I just, you know, wish they could continue to correct me. I just, I look at it as constructive criticism and sure. I move forward like that. I mean, it's, it's amazing, but yeah, it's definitely Facebook, not really anywhere else, but just Facebook. Yeah, no, Facebook's its own little world. Yes. So do you have any moments that you like you regret or that you wish that you had done things differently? Cause it, you know, it feels like it's a very fast moving mm-hmm. media, right? So there has to be, was there a video that you felt like you should have taken down or you did take down or you hated, like you mentioned brushing your teeth and coming up with an idea. Did you yeah. ever do that? And then two hours later, be like, you know what? Oh my God. That was not my best moment. Cause yes. I've, I've written articles where I've literally like gone back and rolled my eyes. Like really Kelly, like, what were you thinking? You know? Yes. So did you ever have those? Yes, I do have them. And I'm like, sometimes it really eats at me. Like it just, I literally just should have said, this particular word different. I should have just actually recently just had this on the video. I just mentioned that that's like 3.7 million views. Mm-hmm. I said, um, in most cases, and this just ate at me for like days. I was like, I, I said this verbatim said, in most cases, you will not see a reduction in your refund. And I just said it like that. But what I meant to say is like when, when compared to a prior year, mm-hmm. because the advanced payments, the refundable part, it's, it's nearly doubled because previous refundable part was only like 1400. Now we're looking at $3,600. But the way people looked at it was, oh, it's going to affect my refund. Well, most people, not everybody, but most people look at it as like, oh, it is going to affect my refund. Because it does. if you take the monthly payments, you, you know, you'll receive that reduction. But I really wish I would have said, you, you will not see a reduction in your refund compared to a prior. But what right. I looked at that, Kelly, is just like, hey, you know, this is a learning experience, Duke. I mean, the video's still up and I, I corrected myself and I made a follow-up video. But it's really on TikTok, you really have to be very, very specific. Those details, I know sometimes it's, it may be easier to like to leave those little details out or something like that. But having those details in is really important because information that you believe it's really, really good can easily become misinformation if it's just not worded correctly. Sure. 
Sure. So I've learned so much about that. Just, you know, speaking slowly mm-hmm. and just making sure it's very, very specific, just very, very specific. So yes, I have those moments and I'm just like, oh, like it takes like two or three days to get over it. And then I'm usually. Good. Yeah. No. Do you get criticisms? Because this is something, you know, I think anybody who puts themselves out there, whether yeah. they're a writer or, you know, an entertainer or a social media person, anytime there's going to be somebody who doesn't like you. Right. Have you had like pushback that was hard? Because I, we joke all the time, I'm a m- middle child, right? So I want everybody to get along. And if I get really negative criticism, sometimes it's hard. Constructive criticism is different. Right. Like, I don't mean like, oh, you should have done this differently. But if somebody writes back, like I had someone tell me that they found my voice annoying. Oh my I'm, like, gosh. I'm sorry, sir. What, what do you want me to do about that? Like, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll speak to my mother right? Yeah. and let her know. <laughs> but what do you get that? And how do you process it? Because I do think like in terms of instructive, like for folks uh-huh. listening, especially other tax professionals who are worried about writing an article or posting on LinkedIn or TikTok or Insta or wherever, like I do think something that people worry about is why do people don't like me or why people say mean things? Because, you know, it's very easy for folks who are watching TikTok to be critical or watching Instagram to be critical because they're not putting themselves out there. When you put yourself out there, normally there's going to be room for people to push back. Do you get that? And if you do, how do you deal with it? Yeah. So I do. So we call those haters. (laughs) So they're called haters. Uh-huh. Hey, if you're doing something right, you're supposed to have haters. You're supposed to have people, you know. That's an awesome like, way to think about that. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean, you're doing something. It's just the inevitable. It's just, if we just look at simple statistics, you're going to have people who like your product. You're going to have people who don't like your product. You're gonna right. Have, you know, this is it. if you're only working with one person, okay, and that one person likes you, well, you're at 100% like rate. If you're working with <laughs> right. five people or all five of them like you, okay, you're at 100% like rate. But if you, you're working with thousands of people, okay, you're bound to have, one, a couple of people hate, and that's normal. That's statistics. And, you know, that's what's supposed to happen. So you are doing something right as long as you have haters. But the way I look at it is just like, there's two ways. And I, this, when I came into TikTok, this is just two ways to really handle haters. Like you either can respond to the comments or respond to them, or you can just ignore it. And I choose just to ignore it. Right. As long as I ignore it, it goes away. Mm-hmm. If I give fuel to it, and I'm not really like the person who who like controversy and things like that, but it's just ignore it. There's two ways to handle it. You're, so you're always going to have those comments, especially if it's like a, a video is doing really, really well. There's going to be that one person, that like couple comments. And you know what? I'll tell you what. There's a lot of comments who speak very positive. Like they're like, oh my mm-hmm. God, I love your content. And like those comments, you know, make me feel good. But the bad comments, those comments affect me more than anything, like bad comments. And I don't know why. It's only a couple, but like, those are the ones that really like just stick in my head. I'm like, let me go look at the profile. Let me see. I'm the same. I totally get it. Like my husband teases me. I had an article on Forbes one time that I think it had 6 million views and I got like two negative emails and they ate me up. And my husband's like, stop reading it. I'm like, well, I want to, because I read all my, all my mail and he's like, you got to stop reading it. I'm like, but why, why why didn't I like it? Like, I get it. If they, there was something that they didn't like this material, like that's easier. I think for us, right. Like Uh if they say, like you mentioned, you wish you had said something differently. Like if I misspoke, yeah, I get it. Like, oh, I should have worded that differently. But if it's somebody who just says something that they don't like you, it's hard. Which actually brings me to my other question, which is uh, being female, I get my share of women don't know things. Like I get my share of hate for just existing, right? 
and I know that you you are black. Do you get pushback because of that? Because I'm curious because I know that I get it for being female. And I know that sometimes, especially in a in a social media world where people see everything about you, people be are nitpicky. Do you get any pushback on that for race? Yeah. And Kelly, first I want to tell you, you do a very good job. I do. I oh, have read you. your articles and your podcast. You do a very good job. So I appreciate that. Little to have haters buggy, but yeah, awesome. I have. I've had it and I've had had those remarks. But really, I don't know. Those remarks, like the black, the things like that, I just more laugh at that because I'm just uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, like, you know, especially when you're confident in yourself, like all you can do is just laugh with special with the black and the stuff like that. there's been racist comments. Um, those are just those those are just a lot easier for me to ignore. I just don't really look at it. Oh, that's a good answer. Because I will say like one of the things that's harder, I think, for me. And again, we joke about this all the time about me and the, the middle child thing. But I think I feel because I've had other attorneys, especially younger female attorneys that will send me email and be like, you know, you're such an inspiration. And so I feel like I represent like women in the profession. Do you feel like you represent? Because I've had folks on the show and, and talked about this with like Eric Pierre, that there aren't a lot of, especially male black professionals in the tax profession. Do you feel like you represent folks? Because that's why the negativity bothers me is that I feel like I'm supposed to be an example. I mean, you have, when you look at the numbers, like this is not just Duke Lex it is for fun. You're saying that you have over 2 million followers. Like that's a lot. So do you feel any responsibility to be a black tax professional? Or do you just say, you know what, I'm a tax professional and I'm glad that other people are looking up to me, but race isn't relevant. Yeah. So I, do kind of feel it, but I guess the main way I look at it is like you said, I'm just a tax professional. It's like mm-hmm. I don't even consider like skin color or gender, like even a thing barrier or something to look up to. It's just like, hey, dude, like I'm a tax professional. This right. is what I do, regardless of whether I'm black, white, any type of race, girl, boy, especially we're going to this world where like gender, the whole gender identity thing is just like going crazy. Mm-hmm. Whether you, how do you identify and things like that, but I would say I just call myself a tax professional and I move it like that. I don't see like my skin color as a barrier Mm -hmm. because I don't even focus on it. I just focus on my main goal. My primary purpose is just to make taxes very easy to understand. Right. right. Very easy to understand. If I can just focus on that goal, I believe like all the things will come with it. But as far as like as barriers, I don't see any barriers. Just I see myself as a tax professional. That's awesome. Let's talk about what comes next. So you mentioned, so I love your pivot story earlier when you said that, you know, you're out on a platform and then that platform changed. And I've heard this from other people, like whether you were on Tumblr and it's still out there, but people really aren't as into it or you're on Vine and it's no longer around. Like there are people who were on certain kinds of platforms and those changed. So I'd love that you pivoted. What comes next? Do you intend to like, continue to grow your audience on Instagram? Do you have plans for changing into, you know, more YouTube? Like what is kind of next on the, on the Duke train? I love that. So in my opinion, all things eventually come to an end. If I just stick to TikTok, I don't believe I'll go anywhere Mm -hmm. in the long run. So yeah, of course we're pivoting to Instagram slowly growing that that's grown slowly to 88,000 followers. Oh, wow. Also on Twitter, I believe Twitter is by far the hardest platform to grow. I see you have like 46,000, like killing it. But yeah, Twitter, I went to Twitter, that's like 9,000. And then of course, YouTube. I believe 
YouTube is probably the primary thing I really want to start focusing on. Mm -hmm. I believe with YouTube, you can just have so much content deeper. It's a, it's a whole different beast. YouTube's a whole different beast that I still need to figure out a master. But I'll tell you what, like this TikTok experience, of course, I have my own like tax practice, which is it, it's grown. It's grown to the point where I'm like, most of the work now is really just I'm, so I'm partnering with um, another firm out in L.A. It's another firm because it's like really I want to say especially when the TikToks are popping, probably 100 leads a day, especially during tax season. Oh, wow. Just having, yeah, 100, 100 people a day. I was going to actually ask you how you manage both because I know <laughs> it's hard, right? Because I've, yeah. I've had... I joke about it, but I got um, 7,000 emails when I was writing about stimulus checks last year, Yes, trying to figure that out and also <laughs> respond to clients. That can be hard. So do mm -hmm. you have extra staff that helps you do that or is it all you? So it's all me. That's why I partnered with this, this firm in LA, which they have this stuff. I'm actually, I'll actually be in LA tomorrow visiting them. Oh, but fun. They, they have all, they have like over 120 employees. It's helped me so much because mm -hmm. what I've learned the cool thing about this TikTok, it, it's taught me something about myself that I, I didn't know. I like taxes, Kelly, and I like doing taxes. Mm -hmm. But what I like more, Kelly, is really like creating content and educating others. I completely understand where you're coming from on this because I'm the same way. Like, I love to write. Like, yes. I, it's, I love to write about taxes. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> so it's giving me that direction. I'm like, I want to go all in on this. Mm -hmm. I want, I want to just, you know, I, I want to go all in on it. So I'm just working with this other company in LA and I'm really just want to focus on creating content, creating videos. Like we talked about that pivot situation, like really going into YouTube, maybe creating some type of like free education course, especially for like the small business owners and the self-employed and the, oh my gosh, Kelly, those people need so much help because there's mm -hmm. so many people going into like the side gig economy. There's so many people that want to be an entrepreneur, or, you know, schedule C's, and they just don't know. Right. Either they have to pay to know or they have to learn to know. So another thing that I would really like to do is create some type of like free education course, you know, maybe partner with some other tax professionals, but like really just like really hit this market of, you know, people going into the gig economy and what they need to know about maybe like preparing a tax return or estimated tax payments and things like that. So that's really probably one of my strong pivots is really going to more content creation and free education. That, that's really what I'm about is just free education. I love all of this. So you have to promise to come back when you have like your empire. I got you, Kelly. And you. Tell us about it. So my last question is, we talked about managing your, you know, your tax practice mm -hmm. with social. Do you find it hard to, or is it not even an issue to divide personal and business on social? On Twitter, I'm just tax ball, right? So I talk about my kids and I talk about the Sixers and I talk about tax. So do you combine personal and business and, um, or do you keep all that separate? Because I'm always interested to hear how people handle that. That's really good. So it's kind of just me and like, I am taxes. So it's like, I, mm -hmm. I guess I do combine both of them. One thing I have learned, I believe I posted like, I'll never forget this. It's one of those like hater comments that we we're talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. I think I posted like something personal on on like Instagram and someone's like, man, what are you doing? This has nothing to do with taxes. Create a separate account. I'm just like, you know what, Kelly, I would rather work with somebody who knows me for who I am. Like this right. is me personal. and This is me business. Even if you were to become a client, this is what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, when you, when you have business, you have to like kind of like put on like this face and things like that. But you know, if I, we can combine business and personal, you're getting the whole package, baby. You're getting, you're getting <laughs> right. me. 
people I've actually had people um, um uh, it was another CP I was on my way to a conference and a guy came up to yeah. me in the airport and he's like are you tax girl and I said yes and he said he had been reading me for a while and he's like I knew you were immediately because I look like my picture and I'm exactly the same way when you meet me you know I talk about my kids and whatnot and tax and if you meet me in an airport I will be talking about my kids and tax like <laughs> it is like yeah this is my uh my face for the public and this is my face for when you meet me it's the same so I love that I think yes. that's great so this has been fantastic I hope that a lot of other tax professionals have found this inspiring because I first of all I could talk to you for hours I find you <laughs> I find you immensely entertaining and now Thank I'm you. I mostly watch people dance on TikTok, but I'm totally going to go check your page out now. Yes. (laughs) So if people wanted to find you and you wanted to be found on social or on the web, where would you send them? Yes. So they can go to TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at Duke Loves Taxes. So it's Duke Loves Taxes. If you just look that up, you should be able to see me. Awesome. And I will be sure to put all of that information in the show notes too, so that people can easily click over. Thank you so much for being here. This has been awesome. Kelly, thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode. You can send an email with your feedback to podcast at taxgirl.com. And if you liked it, please share. You can find the audio of each episode at taxgirl.com. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, because paying taxes is painful, but hearing about them shouldn't have to be.